here this morning. We've been talking about, we've been doing a series called Comeback, and I'm going to conclude that series this morning and uh, about a comeback. And I know last week you saw people that had comebacks. You saw Billy as he shared about dealing with drugs and different things in his life for years and years and struggling. And God delivered him and set him free. And then he has, he still meets the devil every once in a while. How I many you just, it doesn't matter what you go through. We all got issues, right? Yeah, okay, let me ask you. How many of you have ever had an issue in your life? Okay, how many of you have no issues in your life? Come help you. Okay, if you're perfect, come stand up here. But here's the reality is if we all have things and I, we heard from Martha and Kiomi and they talked about just what God's done in their marriage and their lives. And we heard from Jesse and Reese and how God touched Jesse's body and healed him of cancer. Come on. Come on. At least you're happy, Reese, right? And then and God is healing their marriage. Come on. And uh, that's awesome. And so this week, you know, we just talked about. Talked about, and so this morning, what I want to do is I want to conclude about comeback, and we we all know that that we talked about comeback, and we all face different situations in our lives, and then and I believe that you know the greater the situation, the greater you know that God can come in our circumstances. And sometimes circumstances in our lives blind us from what God can really do. And so what I want to talk to you this morning is, is if you're looking for a title of a message, is when darkness comes. How many of you know that sometimes we have things hit us in our lives we don't see it coming? You had no idea that it was coming your way. And, and it's like it can hit your marriage. It can hit your finances. It can hit your, your life and decisions you make. And then we talked about having a comeback. And we know that some people this morning said, well, Pastor Bo, how can I have a comeback if, if, if the people that I love are, are gone? There are things, that, there's no coming back to that. Let me just say this. If I believe this. We can all have a fresh start. Amen. Some of us can't have a comeback, but some of us can have fresh starts in our lives. And so for all of us, if we put our faith in Jesus, we know that there's a few things that are true. I just want to say what they are. I wasn't good enough, but God loved me anyway. How many know that? That's just so true about all of us. We weren't good enough, but God loved us. And we didn't earn God's love in our salvation. We, We found him through his grace. And that means the ability to do what we couldn't do ourselves, but God showed up and breathed in our life, and He began to give us the power and the, the opportunity, the power and the, and, the, and the grace to walk through whatever we walk through. And I believe this because of, I believe this because of life, death, and Jesus' resurrection. You know, we serve a Lord that you can go visit there, and there's no bones, but there's an empty tomb. And everything that we stand for is because, you know, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in every one of us. And so I believe this is that you can walk in God's grace and God's power. All of us believe. I mean, you believe that God can work a miracle. Anybody believe in miracles around here? We believe in miracles because if you look around the room, let me tell you something. This is like the ocean of the sea. You go, that person? I mean, some of you know some people and you go, they're in church. Are you serious? How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you had that thought this morning? Don't put it, put your hand down. But that's what it does. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. Amen. And without God, I mean, I mean, we all know this. It's, religion's not going to get you to God, but a personal, intimate relationship and experience. This is what my prayer is every Sunday. God, let us have a visitation. Let's have an expectation for a visitation from you. And, you know, I believe that God wants to visit each and every one of us. And so Jesus, didn't, you know, and, and I believe this becoming a believer in Christ is a huge miracle comeback anyway. How many of you came from a how many of you came from just a messed up family life? 
How many of you had you walked through different religions or, or denominations? You go, man, I've tried all that. Listen, you've heard my story. My mom was Methodist, ba- dad was Baptist, his mom was his mama was Jehovah's Witness, my mama's mom was charismatic, my dad my mama left my, my dad and Larry, another man, he's Catholic. So I didn't need religion, I need it on my state of confusion. Amen? Just like some of you. And so so when you're in trouble, you gotta remember this. Jesus said, Take heart. Why? He said, I've overcome the world. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what you're walking through right now in your life. But when you're, in tr- when you're lonely and, you, and, you, and you're down and you forget, the Bible says this, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And then like when you feel like you're lost and you don't know your way, you ever get that way sometimes? God, I have amnesia. I don't know what, I, don't, I can't see God. I can't see my, but you know what? The Bible says he orders our steps. It said the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And so what happens when darkness falls? And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to tell you a little bit just about my personal story, what I've traveled through for the last five years of my journey. And I'm not going to be long on that, but many of you know, but some of you don't know. Uh, five years ago, on December 29th, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. I'd come in from a run. I'd come in from Africa. We, we, I go to Africa about every year. And we have a guy here comes. We've planted churches. We've built churches in Africa. We've sent missions teams from our church. We've had a group where we had 17 people go to Africa. We've had people in our church go and live in Africa from anywhere from a year to six months to a summer. And so we're really connected with a lot of things going on in Africa. And uh, so I was going, I, I'd just come back and I, 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 do some, I was doing some running and I was running four miles, over four miles a day. And I came back from the run. And when, when you go run, sometimes you just got to, you have things kind of loosen up. You know what I'm saying? So I was coming back, I'd gone to the bathroom, and when I did, I, I, there was blood in my stool, a lot of blood. And I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, and I said, maybe it's, maybe, I thought maybe it's my dad. My dad had preparation H on the back of his toilet, and so I thought, well, I'm about that age, I'm, I probably have hemorrhoids. And so, make a long story short, we went to the doctor in Lake Charles, and they did, uh, we did a scope, and they found that I had a uh, uh, a tumor in my colon and they couldn't remove it. So they, they, you know, when you go in the room, they have it all sheets and everything. And everybody's talking, you know, you can hear, oh, we got your results. And we took out this, everything was clean. And then, you know, all of a sudden they get to us, I'm barely awake. And they go, we found a tumor and it's looks like it's cancerous. And everybody just quiet because they want to hear, you know. And long story short, got that taken care of. About a year later, found out that they told me I didn't have to do any kind of, chemo or anything, but I went a year later and they had found three spots in my liver. I went through uh, six months, 12 treatments of chemotherapy. Um, I kept my hair, praise God. It reminds me of what Janine Moore was telling me one time that they had a lady that they found out she had cancer and they, and they had like 19 ladies. They all shaved their head and the lady's hair never fell out. <laughs> but so anyway, I said, that's sad. But uh, I went through that and let me just, I'm standing up here five surgeries later, stage, started stage two in my colon, went to stage four, uh, did the chemotherapy. They took out two spots, one spot they thought was gone. A little later, they found the other spot and they did uh, radio frequency ablation on me where they shoot radiation on that spot. It didn't work. And so they had to go in there, surgically remove it. Right before I was going to get that, they found that they had multiple myeloma in my bones as well, which is not even related uh, to colon cancer. And so last year at this time, I was just getting out of surgery. And I'm standing up here five years later through 
five major surgeries and a couple of three or three or whatever minor surgeries uh, later. I'm standing up here in October. I got a text from my doctor. They did a CT scan. And they said, Bubba, there's no cancer in your body and there's and your bones are completely healed. And so can I just say this? People go, oh, Pastor Bubba, it's your faith. I mean, you know what? I've met a lot of people who got a lot more faith than I do. But I found, that I found a key through all this, through my five-year journey. And that's what I want to talk to you. Because when, we, when it first happened, it was like darkness fell in our house. I'll be honest with you. The first night, Tracy and I cried. I put my little girl to bed and I thought, I'll never walk her. You know how the enemy speaks. And I'll never walk her down the aisle. I have five sons and I finally got my little girl. And not even going to be able to enjoy it. And then, you know, Tracy and I just prayed. And after that, we just... You know, we strengthened ourselves in the Lord and there was people here. There was people, you know, all, I'm literally I'm here because I believe this medicine cleanses. But I believe Jesus heals and Jesus makes miracles happen. And so I'm not against medicine or any of those kind of things. But I've learned this. When you're going through something, stay away from the Internet. Because if you look at the Internet and you read stuff, and go, you're going to die. You know, or you ain't going to do this, or this is what's going to happen. And we know this. It, it takes out the equation of who God is. But the Bible says in Psalms 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know I am God. It doesn't say be still and, and, and strive. It doesn't say be still and ugh. It says cease, cease striving and know that I'm God. It doesn't say be still and know and know and, and be still and feel. It, how many you know that you can't base your life with God on your feelings? How many of you been married more than two weeks? How many of you, that don't work? You see, I, I just believe that many of us feel, you know, many of us this morning, you may feel afflictions in your body. That's like disease. You may feel afflictions in your soul. That's torments. You're tormented in your mind or in your heart. And then, then, then there's other things that sometimes you can have your, your, your spirit tormented by darkness or the enemy or demons or things like that to entertain your mind or try to entertain your mind or getting a thought. And, and we know that there, you know, every day we have thoughts that come to us. How many have thoughts that come to you? You can be reading your Bible and you can have the most wicked, foul thoughts come to your mind. That's what the Bible says, you know, not, not to be, be, it says be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, don't be conformed to this, the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your... How many of you know that we all got stinking thinking we all got to deal with sometimes? Okay, y'all pray for me. Only three of y'all. Okay? But here's, here's the thing that I want you to, talk, I want you to hear is that where, where I can't fix my problems and you can't fix your problems as much as we try, we have to have confidence when we give our hands, when we give our lives to God that He holds our lives together in His hands. How many, how many of you know that, how many of you have tried your best and tried to fix yourself and it didn't work that well? And that was your best. And that's why we need God. You see, I believe this. Be, the Bible says, be still and not feel, but know I'm God. I got out of my dark hole and I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to give you some principles and some things that I hope that can help you, that will encourage you, that will strengthen you, that you'll walk out of here and go, you know, if God can touch Pastor Bubba and work a miracle in his situation, it was a physical thing. God can work a miracle in my circumstances. How many believe, how many need a miracle this morning? How many need a miracle? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Don't be afraid. Some of you, I've never raised my hand in church, much less two. At the same time, I never had that many questions. But here's the thing. I, I got out of my dark hole. And the Bible says in Job, chapter 35, verse 10, it says this. Our God gives songs in the night. You know, when I went through all these surgeries and stuff, they put you on morphine and all that stuff. And you see things. Believe me, you see stuff. 
And, uh, and, you, and I can remember at night where there would be nights where my wife would say, Bubba, you were quoting the scripture. You were standing, you were saying things, you were doing things. And I would have dreams where I literally saw the cords of death wrapped around me. And they were and like, things were dancing over me. They had dogs chasing me. And like, you know, they were going to run up, run me out and kill me and all this stuff, you know? And, and it's like, I just had to make a stand. And I determined in my heart that I was going to worship God. I know that I needed God. And so, you know, how do you get out of darkness moments? The answer is just say it when we say worship. Worship changes everything. It does. I know that sometimes people sing more lies than they tell. Because you can get up here and sing songs and they're just songs or words. But when it's something that you apply to your life, it goes beyond a song. It becomes the very cry of your heart. You know, and, and, and people help me. Doctors help me. My wife helped me. So many of you prayed for me and helped me. And, and, you know, but worship is the key. Why should we worship? Here's the first reason why. Worship changes the soundtrack of our circumstances. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? I grew up in the eight track age. How many of y'all remember eight tracks? If you're under 35, maybe you go, what is an eight track? I mean, you grew up in the cassette, the CD, and all that, and all that. But here's the thing: I remember if you had an eight track, which I used to have. If you wanted, if you had a favorite song, you if it was on track one, first song, you had to skip track two, skip track three, go to track four, put it on fast forward. Come on, am I, am I with y'all with me? You had to put it fast forward to get back to the first song that you were liking. You know, more than a feeling. I mean, you know, whatever it was. You know, and so what happened is, it's like for us is when you go to the doctor or you get a bad report or you're going through something in your mind or your soul, your heart, you keep hearing that track going over and over. Like the doctor may tell you, go, you know, you know what? You need to be on these meds and you only got a couple years left to live. And this is what you're going to have to do. So that goes through your mind. You keep playing that track over and over and over again. Am I making sense here? And see, what happens even in your own life, when people give you words, like sticks and stones, you know, you know, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. Because some of you are living by the words that people spoke to you 5, 10, 15 years ago, or even in high school. You're still living, you're playing that track. And see, I believe this, a soundtrack is what you think about. And see, we, we have the power to change the soundtrack by our worship. God, I love you. I honor you. You can put a song on. You know, it's like the second thing is that you need to know is this, that our worship reframes our circumstances. What do you mean? It puts God's mercy and his love and his faithfulness around our circumstances. How many of you know that sometimes your circumstances, you can get locked up in circumstances, what you're going through, what you're facing. And that's all you see. And you frame it. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's always going to be. Mama was like that. Papa was like that. He had carns on his toes. I'm going to have carns on my toes. I mean, that's the Boudreaux side from the other side of the Nepoque. I mean, that's it. They were all angry. They're all mad. And you got to reframe it and say, God, this may be the circumstance, but I'm going to trust you in the midst of all of this. Am I? You see, it doesn't fix our circumstances, but sometimes it reframes how we see things. And see, worship puts God in our view. That's what it does. It just puts God in view. In other words, that's when we, that's, that's what we need when, when darkness falls. When you have a circumstance or a report or something happens to you, that's all you can see. That's all you see. When darkness falls, it's like you forget. You have amnesia that God ever did anything for you before. It's just like, wow. 
How many of you ever had something in your life hit you and you didn't see it coming and it was like, it was just like a sucker punch. And you just go, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just say this. Circumstances sometimes conceal God's face. But worship reveals God's face. See, what we do is we allow darkness to come and we forget about God. Because that's where the enemy wants you. He wants you to have thoughts that leave no room for God at all. But we should have thoughts that wander toward God. And see, it, it, you know, the enemy will try to shut off your worship when darkness falls. He cuts you off. The face of God, he wants to cut the face of God off. He wants to cut, cut out all hope. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That we need, what we need most during these tough times is we get our eyes focused back on God. The hardest thing that I ever faced in my life happened 25 years ago. This year. In July. Is when my dad took his life. And I can remember that moment, getting a phone call from my brother and he telling me what happened. And my dad was on some medication that you can't even mix them today because they have lawsuits of one. They've won millions of dollars, and all, blah, 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 blah. OK, I'm not going to go there. But I can remember when that happened. And it's like. It was it was like a shock. It was like a blow. I didn't see it coming. And I can remember all my family, you know, my my. My close family, you know, they, they had a doctor come over and he was shooting people up with tranquilizers and stuff. And they were giving shots and go, hey, you want one? I go, no, I don't need that. But I can remember going in my dad's bedroom, closing the door, going get, right before I took a shower. And I got on my knees. And I just began to thank God for the memories that I had for my dad. Because you know what the enemy couldn't steal is those memories, those moments that I had with my dad when I was out on Big Lake fishing with red fishing with me and my brother. And my dad looked at me and he began to cry and he told me how much he loved me and how much he cared for me. I never had a I never had a distorted picture like some people have. And it's, it's their circumstances. I never had a distorted picture that my dad didn't love me. Do you understand me? But I'm telling you, God, you might go, well, my dad just never told me things. Like, Let me tell you something. Let me give you hope here this morning. God is a father that you always dreamed of having. You might not have had that on her, but God is a father you always dreamed of having. And I can remember God just sweeping that thing away and, and just touching me. And I was able to minister to people. And I, I wasn't, listen, I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to zone out. But I can remember just like, you know what, God? Just like Billy last week. Just like kill me and Martha. You know what happened? You know what began to happen? They exposed the darkness in their lives. And they shined light on it because God shined light on their own hearts and their lives. And it became powerful because they got real. Are you hearing me? Listen, light shines brightness, brightest when it's dark. You know, a while ago, the, the breakers went out. I went in here, but y'all notice uh, the lights. We could have freaked out and go, oh, stop everything. We just keep going. But here's the thing. God wants to show up. In your darkest moments. And show himself being real. See, I believe worship displaces worry. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You can't worship and worry at the same time. See, one displaces, either it's out of our mouth. Listen, either out of our mouth comes one or two things. Fear. Oh, oh my God. They did what? Daddy did what? Oh. Fear. Or faith. You know what? I don't care what's happening. I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to trust God. 
through the moment. Amen? How many, let's, let's do a survey. How many of you have ever walked in fear? Come on, I'm going to raise my hand. How many of you like, you got a bad report? Anybody got a bad report before? And all of a sudden it wasn't all that they really said it was? Anybody been there? But see, here's the thing. The way you were, the way you, the way to have worry stop coming out of your mouth is to let worship come out of your mouth. What do you mean? Either, let me just say this. I'm going to say, listen, either fear will cripple your, our worship or worship will cripple our fear. You see, that's the power of worshiping God in your darkness. And see, when I say that word worship, that means singing songs. That means praising God. That means something coming out of your mouth. It might be this, God help, but I trust you. That's worship. Because some people, I don't know the words. Listen to me. I've learned this. We have six children. Our children don't have words for things sometimes when they're little. Sometimes they point. Okay, their first words, they, some of them knew McDonald's. They knew about the sign. They go, it's a McDonald's right there. You go, How do you know? They saw the arch. They've learned. And so what happens is, if for us, is that even when we start out as a new Christian, you go, Hi, Pastor Bo, listen, let me just tell you something. This book right here is called the Bible. And this book is the words of life. In order to get close to someone, to be intimate with somebody, you got to hang out with them. Hello? Listen, look, look, how many of you know, guys, if you're not spending some time with your wife and taking her on a date or investing in her a little bit, I've heard it said like this, whatever it took to get her, you need to maintain doing to keep her. Amen? Amen. Look, how many of you know she's not going to want to have whoopee with you if you ain't doing nothing with your part? I'm trying to help loosen up some of you people. Some of y'all are stiff. And all the women said, all right. I can't believe he said that. Well, you hadn't been here long enough. <laughs> see, worship. You see, that's the power of worshiping God in the middle of the darkness. David, when he had his, in the Bible, when he had his back against the wall in a cave, ready to get killed, he began to worship God. And God came and met him. Joseph in the pit when his brother sold him out. Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> Come on. Worship dispels darkness. What do you mean? When God created the world, he said, let there be what? Let there be light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. When the, when the star came, when he was born, it illuminated where he was in the manger. The wise men and the shepherds were able to come and find and bring their gifts. Because he was a light. Our worship lights our circumstances and it dispels darkness. How many ever tried to walk in the dark? How many met a, tr- a door? In the middle of the dark. You know, you thought you had a bang. Oh, man. How many, how many ever stubbed a toe in the dark? Come on. It's a miracle you don't cuss, right? Some of you, well, I did, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Listen to me. When you're dark, when it's the dark, you just can't see. And that's where God goes. If you worship me, I'll light things up. I, I was I went hunting yesterday morning. And if you know, the sun, the moon was bright yesterday. I didn't even need to turn on my little flashlight to go out and walk on the levee where I was going to my blind. And I'm telling you, I could see everything because the light 
from the moon just lit everything up. It was cool. And we, instead of watching a sunset, we watched the moon set, which was kind of cool. And so, you know, our worship lights our circumstances that we see what they are. In other words, you know what? This, this may be the enemy. Or you know what? I'm not going to receive that report. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. When the children of Israel were going to the promised land, remember they had two spies there, let's take them. And the other ten go, there's giants out there. And the Bible says they were, they were gripped with fear and they believed the report of the ten rather than the two. Listen, I've learned this. Our worship breeds hope. You see, worship reminds us of God's past faithfulness. I can say this. For all of us, isn't it amazing how we get amnesia when we walk through something that's difficult and we forget about the things that God has done in the past? We need to remember. We need to rehearse those stories and remind ourselves. Sometimes it's good to write in your Bible and go, that's where God touched me. Or write in, I have a journal. You know what? God met me. God gave us a financial miracle that we thought we would never, ever meet. And God helped us. You know, this... A couple of weeks ago, I took out two guys that were there. How many of you have ever heard of John Maxwell? He does a lot of leadership books and stuff. He's a number one sell uh, books. His books are number one in the world. I took the guy, him, his name's David Collins, runs that whole ministry. And another guy, how many of you heard of Joyce Myers? I didn't take her hunting, but I took her son. Okay. And I've taken him a couple of years. And last year I was with him and he, get, he said, man, you, hey, Bubba, you have a card? And I just like, ah, you know, I don't have a card. So this year we're, we're at this camp and he goes, hey, Bubba, you got a card? And we're talking about some different things. Yeah, I, got, I think I got an old one, old dress. I give it to him and then I get a phone call. I'm in my office and it's Josh. He goes, Pat, hey, PB. He goes, uh, man, we got a check. We got a we got a, a, a letter from Joyce Myers. And I go. Really? Because he goes, where you at? I go, I'm in my office. He goes, oh, we thought you were gone. My truck was getting an oil change. He said, you need to come to my office. I go in there. It's a $10,000 check from Joyce Myers Ministry to our church, care of me. I put it. Let me just say it. Come on. Let me just say, hey. I, I, I text my wife. It goes, it pays to hunt. And we put that money toward our new reach for the building that we're fixing to build. We didn't put it in our, we just put it right there because we're going to put God's money to work. Amen. Amen. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, man, you know, I was thinking about, you know, some people buy her books. She sent us a check. We could buy all the books she wants. Now we can read all the books, but you know, it just, it may, it blessed me. I called him and all that. And just very, very thankful, very grateful. My wife goes, you should have had a card last year. Anyway, but you know what? Why do I say hope? Because sometimes you can kind of go like this. I don't see things happening. And something like a spark like that just rejuvenates your faith. Are you hearing me? Hey, we're going to build that building. We're going to do that thing. We got, we, you know, we committed this past year. Let me just say, we committed this past year. You know, Crowley broke 200 people for the first time this past Sunday. Someone ought to give the Lord a hand for that. But you... Our church here in the Eunice Church, we invested $200,000, and that's been given up. So now we have money that we're going to be starting our building and our foundation. Now it's the next phase. Are you hearing me? And we have, we have $50,000, right? Is it more than that now? Is it fifty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in that account to go ahead and start 
digging and putting concrete foundation and plans. And how many of you know when you start, everybody puts their hand out. We want some money. But we know this. God is our hope. Amen. Say, God is my hope. It's a seedbed where God gives a comeback. The next thing is worship reveals the enemy. What do you mean? It, re- it repels the enemy. It, it, you know, when, when, when you blow it, how, you know, we know we've all blown it before. Maybe you've gone, you're going through a divorce. You've made some stupid decisions, which we've all done at times. Sometimes we have stupid written on our forehead. Amen. And when the enemy attacks, he's always on time because he's going to hit your mind. He's going to hit your heart. And he's going to attack you in darkness. And and Philippians says it like this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. When's the last time you just told God what you need? God, I need help. I need out of this circumstance. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And this way, thank him for all he has done. Sometimes we're kind of... I think sometimes the only time people pray is kind of like a rescue 911 situation. God help! And things get good and you go, you don't even think about God. I like what Pastor Jacob said a couple of weeks ago. He said, if the only time you cry out to God is when you have problems, God just keep giving you problems so you keep crying out to him. He said, then you will experience God's peace. How many of you need some peace? I look at that and say, give me some of that. Peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, in this moment, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be still and know that he's God. But also you're as much you're as, you are as much God. Let me just say you're as much you're as close to God as you want to be in your circumstances. You are you know how close you are. You know how much you love God as much as you want. The decision's up to you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to so trust God in our moments. See, you need to trust. The peace of God is going to guard my thoughts and my emotions. How many people, you say, you know, I'm kind of an emotional being. How many of you guys are people that you, you, you can kind of get emotional? How many of you are high strung? Let me say it like that. How many of you kind of high strung? How many of you ADD, HD, high definition? AD, AD. Yeah. That's me, Okay. I can come in the other day, my, my wife and my son, Nathan, were having a conversation. And I just walk in and go, hey, how's everybody doing, man? Let me tell you, I'm just, I just take over. And my son goes, well, me and mom, we're having a conversation. I don't know what we're talking about now. <laughs> but see, the, the reality is sometimes you, can, sometimes you can be emotional and you can be wrapped up in your emotions. And your emotions get the best of you. And you can't see past your emotions. It's sadness. It can be whatever it is. You see, I know this. We have to be people. Our worship, I'll just say this. Our worship needs to be this. It welcomes Jesus. See, Scripture says God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, we must build a place where Jesus can be worshipped. If you want God in your circumstance, don't curse him. Hello? The only time some people mention God is when they damn him. Don't curse him. In other words, is this, is it build him a throne and worship him. 
Build him a place where he can be seated and be worshipped. What we need most is not just a comeback, but we need a connection in our relationship with Jesus. See, here, here it is. You came here hopefully this morning because you need to get connected to God. You're hungry for God. And let me just say this. You don't need a connection to religion. You don't need a connection to where you just say words. You need a connection to a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. We don't need, like, you don't need your business to come back. You don't need your, you need your relationship to come back. And I know there's a lot of guys that are suffering because of the oil field and losing jobs. And I just got reports this week. There's 10,000 being lost by two different companies are laying off. And I look at that and I go, you know what? It's more of a time for God to show up to prove himself faithful, even in the midst of financial situations. Amen. And can I tell you something? Look at me. Churches are filling up all over South Louisiana. You know why? Circumstances. Things are changing. Because, you know, you look at Michigan, man, they're all I bet, partying around gas pumps. And, yeah! yeah, they were having 40 cents a, 47 cents a gallon. They were having a price war. And I'm thinking, South Louisiana, we're over here. Move, my chef, the guy needs to go up it. Our relationship is not built on the economy of oil. But our relationship is that the oil of God can come and soothe any wound or any hurt in anybody's life. If you want that connection, worship is where you restore that, that connection. See, you know what you need most. You know what is a come is not a comeback. But what you need the most is a connection to God that's powerful and strong. Listen. I'll just I'll just be honest with you. I used to do drugs. You go, I could tell. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When I used to do drugs, it got on the street. Man, he got some good stuff. Ooh, he gets you a buzz. Fry your brain, baby. And you go, got to give me some of that. Hello, I'm in the right house. Don't look at me like you're all innocent. Because when you get the good stuff, you go, wow. And see, listen, let me tell you. Can I just tell you something? I got, I'm packing some good stuff today. It's better than a three-finger lid, a four-finger lid. It's better than all the things you've ever taken or put down, ingested, or whatever you've done. It's, I serve the most high. And can I tell you something? You're looking for a high, but I'm, I serve the most high. And he will blow your brain. He will blow your circumstance. He will show up and show himself mighty and strong, able to deliver. Amen? No matter where you come from. See, worship in the dark because it... Look, when you worship in the dark, you, gotta, you, you learn to preach the truth. I've learned this in my life. I, you know, I'm the greatest preacher when someone's going through the dark. I can tell you what to do, how to get this, how to do that. But the Bible says in Psalms, it says this, Psalms 42. It sounds like all of us sometimes. Where, why, Psalms 42, this is day, why am I discouraged? You ever feel that way? Why in the heck am I? And it says, why is my heart so sad? And here's David. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I've learned this. I'm so good at preaching to other people, but let something happen to me, I forget every point I told everybody else. 
Hello. Have you ever been like that? Where you just, it's like, you know what to tell everybody else, but when it happens to you, you just kind of go, oh my gosh. And that's where a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus comes in hand. Because you, you, you know what? Worship allows us to preach to ourselves. This morning, I was, I was, I was, had my headphones on and my little girl, she was in the den and she heard me singing. And she said, she goes, she goes, I heard this noise. Okay, I don't sing that well. She goes, I heard this noise. And then I realized it was you, Dad. You were worshiping. Thank God she said worshiping. And then my wife came a little later. Shh, you're being loud. But you, I already can't hear. And I got earphones in my ear. I'm just like. Because you know what it does for me? It gets my eyes off myself. And to get my eyes toward God. And here's my encouragement to you. Find some anointed worship music. And just put it in. When I was going through cancer and everything, Zach, Pastor Zach and Pastor Josh put a bunch of songs for me. I said, just give me a good songs that you can. And I'd play those things. And it just get my heart, get, get my heart really set back on God instead of my circumstances. You know what? See, when you're stressed, you're pressed and you're depressed. You need God. Amen. Because listen, the, the Bible says this, misery loves company. If you're going to be depressed, you can find some depressed people. If you're pressed, you got people that are pressed around you. And all they'll do is give you horror stories. I want someone to give me a jailbreak. Amen? Someone give me out of my soul. See, worship restores your soul. When Jesus announced his ministry, he quoted... Uh, Isaiah 61. Let me just quote that to you and let me share it with you. It says this. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open up the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who Mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I started reading, I go, man, that's awesome. Then I started asking, what is the spirit of heaviness? I know we've all experienced. You know what the spirit of heaviness is? It's loneliness. It's depression. It's doom. It's gloom. It's worry. It's fear and anxiety. That's what the spirit of heaviness. It just like puts a load on you. Where the Bible says, put on the garments of praise. In other words, we need to put on that garment that we put it on and we go, you know what? I'm going to take off the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to take on, I'm going to restore my soul. David said it in Psalms. He said, said, I restored my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In other words, no matter what I go through, if I put on, just like the prodigal son, when he came back to his father, and his father put a robe on him, and it, before he, had, he was wearing death clothes, but he put on grace clothes. He covered his son. And God, you know what we do? When we do that, we cover ourselves, and we put on grace. And we go, God, I'm taking off the spirit of 
heaviness. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to walk in fear. Either I'm, I, either one or two things are going to happen. I'm going to walk in fear or I'm going to walk in faith. And Lord, today I'm taking off fear and I'm going to walk in faith. And I know that you're able to deliver me from whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm going through. You said that you're no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where my family comes from. It doesn't matter the generational things that have been in my family. But today I'm coming and I'm going to create a new generation. A generation of blessing in my family. God, I need you. See, let me just say this. And let me just wrap this up. And I'm going to be done. If you're in a hole, if you're in a cave, if you're in a valley in your life. Let me just, I want to encourage you today. Sing a song in the night. Talk to God. Singing it until you're standing in the light again. You see, when you're getting ready to sleep, let me just say, close down social media. Turn off Netflix. You know, the drug of your choice, you know, helps you cope. Inject some anointed worship. And just go, God, tonight. See, let me just say this. I want to say this. I feel this in my heart. There's some of you who hadn't been able to sleep for months. You know who you are. You struggle. I'm encouraging. Listen to a couple of worship songs before you go to bed. Say, God, I'm throwing off the spirit of heaviness and I'm putting on the garments of grace. See, when you're getting, you know, let God put a playlist together for you. Press on. Don't quit. Step into the light. Can I just be real honest with you this morning? Even though I've gotten a great report, there's still that cloud that sits out there. But what if it comes back? What if? What if? The if. And here's my what if. Well, what if I just keep worshiping? What if I keep just lifting you up? What if? God, what if I live the rest of my life and it never comes back? I'll always remember the moment you worked a miracle in my life. It's still there in the distance, that cloud. But I prepared in the light to know if darkness comes back. Because can I tell you something? Look at me. I want to see the whites of everybody's eyes this morning. We all face clouds of darkness, don't we? We all do. But I've learned this. God never intended me to walk alone. Because through that, even though I worshiped, even though I encouraged people, prayed for people, when I was going through it, I I believe this. Healed people, heal people. See, last week when you saw the people standing, sitting up here on the couches and the chairs, and they were telling their story, something rose up in some of us and just, there's hope. If God can do that for them, maybe he'll do it for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need God to touch you in a fresh and a real way. Everybody's eyes open and say, you know what? I need a fresh touch from God. And I know it. And I don't care if anybody sees me. You say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. Just raise your hand. Say, I need a fresh touch. Just keep it up. Say, I need a fresh. Anybody else? Just, we're going to wait. Now lift both hands up. I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, you know every person in here. God, you know their circumstances. You know where they're at. And I pray for just a fresh touch. I pray hope and faith would rise up in people's hearts this morning. You see the issues that they deal with. Lord, we either deal with the issue or we become the issue. And Lord, I pray that you would just, 
You would help us to, God, to learn to keep our eyes fixed upon you and all that you want to do and all that you want to set in our hearts. God, I, I, I just come against every assignment of the enemy in these people's lives. And Lord, every assignment the enemy's come and I rebuke that. I, I, God, I claim right now victory in their lives. I pray, God, just a fresh passion for you. I pray for a hunger that has not been there. I pray for hope and faith to rise up in people this morning that God have lost all hope. I pray you touch them in a fresh and a new way. Say this way, I receive all that you have for me, God. I want to see your power and your grace work in my life. But I pray that I'd be reconnected to you in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. If you're going to be baptized, you can go ahead and leave here in a moment. We're going to fix and baptize people. We baptize five people in the first service. It was wonderful. It was incredible. And the cool thing is, listen to me, everybody was 18 and under. And I think three of them were from the same family. And so to me, that was like, and it was actually a family that was touched because another family started coming to church and they saw pictures of their, their kids getting baptized and they go, you know what? And they told their mother who works at one of the restaurants and she met Pastor Josh and Zach and Jamie and I after a meeting, we went to the restaurant. And she goes, I just want to tell y'all, my kids love y'all's church. Long story short, her and her husband started coming to church and God touched them and they gave their lives to the Lord. And because it was just one family that started bringing their kids to church and they end up giving their whole, their whole family saved now. And so this morning, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you need to be born again and you don't, you're not walking with God like you should. And let me just say this. The enemy will condemn you. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8. But let me just say this. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Bubba, I know I, I'm not walking where I, how I need to be with God. I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again this morning. I want to meet Him. I've been putting it off, but this morning, I want to meet Him. And I want to give my heart to Him. If that's you, just raise your hand. No one looking around. Just raise your hand real quick. Okay, I see that. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. You put it down. Anyone else? Put it down. Thank you. You put it down. Okay. Would all of us, can we just all pray this prayer together? Several people. Are, and this is, a, this is why we're here. For people to trust the Lord. Just say this with me out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you. I believe on the cross. You took my guilt. My sin and my shame. You died for it. I believe you faced hell for me. So I wouldn't have to go there. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today I turn away from my sin to be born again. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen.